You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, all right, welcome, let's welcome, welcome back show. to this episode of the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about one of the most biased, well, I think one of the most biased piece of papers in the world. We're going to talk about your resume, right? And to talk about this important topic, I have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest, and she is a resume writer, a LinkedIn uh, consultant, and a job search strategist. Her name is Kamara Toffolo. Um, did I say it right? Because I've been listening to it like 104 times. Yeah. Camara Toplo. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Toffolo. it is tough, isn't it? Yeah. Camara like Tamara or like Camaro Toplo. <laughs> you know, I, when LinkedIn put that feature on, I was like, this is going to solve my problem. I, <laughs> I suck at spelling and I suck at pronunciation, um, period. I have no idea why I even like reading. Um, I actually didn't like reading, but anyways, welcome. Mm. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited for our conversation. I, I know I came across you on LinkedIn, started watching your videos and, uh, and your YouTube channel is amazing. So I'm so excited to talk about resumes with you. I'm excited too. I love talking about resumes. Why do you, how did you fall in love to talk about resumes? Why resumes? <sighs> it's been an evolution like my career has been a bit of an evolution like this is my officially I'm on my second career I would say so my previous life I was in uh financial planning and then financial technology and then I totally made a switch into career coaching and then spun off into resume writing so um yeah it's just something that I fell in love with it kind of marries two things that are really important to me, career, um, coaching and, uh, writing. I love writing. So that's how it came to be. Resume. And so how important do you think resumes are for someone looking for, for someone in their career? Very essential, (laughs) essential. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, why is it like, I mean, I'm trying to understand, like for me, like I always think about it, like Will resumes ever like be obsolete? I don't think they will be actually. I know that a lot of people are hoping they will be, but I don't think that they will be because they are a foundational piece of our own personal marketing collateral. Like they, they are, they're marketing. Um, and, um, so I, and they're also the standard in hiring and, um, people want to see a snapshot of where we've been and what we've done in our careers and how that translates into a possible fit in a new role with someone else's company. Uh, and so, yeah, resumes are the easiest way to convey the value that you can bring to the table. So this is my, like my, my, my theory on resumes and okay. I can be completely wrong. I am like, I, I understand resumes are part of the job search, right? And I definitely want my students and mentees to have resumes, but I truly believe that resumes are the most biased document in the world. They are everything you've done good in your life with none of the bad. Right. Okay. And so whenever you put it, you spend countless hours crafting this perfect one page document so that you can go in and submit it to apply. 
But being on the other side of the table, I know that most people, and even when I look at studies, most people lie or exaggerate on their resume. And so I take a resume with a grain of salt, knowing that you probably worked really hard to perfect, perfect this document, to make sound, to make things that you've done sound like you've done rocket science. To, so because of that, I don't give it more than seven to 10 seconds of my time in the beginning, right? And so I always think like you work, we work like students focus so much on a resume and I know that is important. And we'll talk about, uh, I, there's no doubt you need a resume. Like I'm not saying, hey, don't have a resume. But I am just like, I struggle with that. And I think that's why I have, like, I think that maybe resumes will be deleted, like will be obsolete. And I think, and I say that not because like a, a way for a snapshot of how you, what you've done in the past is going to affect how you do in the future. But I think the way that it's currently presented in a one page document. And I think that LinkedIn, I believe, right? I mean, this is why we can have this conversation. I believe that uh, your LinkedIn is going to be more important than your resume because your LinkedIn gives you the same snapshot, but in a more unbiased way, because you're less likely to lie and exaggerate in a public LinkedIn account that people can look at and say, well, you didn't really manage 12 people at PepsiCo. You managed four, Daniel, right? Um, <laughs> and so that's my thought. And I think that with the evolution of Microsoft buying LinkedIn, Microsoft, and then LinkedIn buying Linda, that you can then take assessments to be able to say, you know, like when you put on your, on your resume, I'm proficient in Microsoft Word or Excel, right? right? Yep. Or what if now with the certification, you could take a test and actually put on your LinkedIn to be like, this is how good I actually am um, at this level. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm digressing. I'm going on a tangent, <laughs> but yeah. So, what are your thoughts on all that? First of all, who are you coming across that are lying or embellishing on their resumes? Because you don't have to do that in order to have a good resume. Oh man. Ow. I, I, I've, you know, the career fairs that I used to attend to when uh -huh. I worked at PepsiCo. Yeah. I was like, Hey, I know you, like I've spoken at your class. I know your professor, you didn't do this. Like, <laughs> and so like, after like, I've had conversations about ethical, ethically having a resume with my mentees and because they're like, yeah, but like yeah. my, 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 my peers exaggerate and lie on their resume. Like, and I feel like if I don't keep up with them, like I'm not going to get a job. That's really interesting, like your experience, because mine is the complete opposite. People that I encounter, job seekers I encounter and work with and have spoken with are overly modest on their resumes. So it's about finding that right balance while being factual. Right. I, yeah. I, I think, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that females are most likely to under put on their resume while males are more likely to over exaggerate on their resume? Um, I wouldn't say that males are more inclined to exaggerate, but I would yes say, and I believe there's been a number of studies done that um, females tend to be overly modest uh, and downplay and undersell their accomplishments. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that, that I've seen. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say males oversell, yeah, no. uh, because I, you know, I've seen a lot of resumes from, uh, from men who are really underselling themselves as well, or being overly modest. Um, and, um, 
that that doesn't that doesn't help anyone. So it's it's all about striking that balance between you know being not over not exaggerating, not lying. Obviously, we don't want to lie. Uh, so we want to be factual, truthful while doing our work justice. That's the that's the tricky part for a lot of us um, because it can feel um, it can feel misaligned. Like it can feel like bragging. Yeah, and I think that's my fear because like I, I would tell you most of the people that I work with end up being uh, female because like now there's more female than male in, that are graduating from universities and I mm. primarily focus on working with college students. Yep. Um, and it was interesting because I had a guest come to speak to my students um, and she had mentioned that there's a study and I forgot where the study came from, but a, a, a female would look at a job description and say, oh, I match 80% of it. So I'm not going to apply. Right. Because mm. I, I don't have I'm missing 20% of it. And then right. a male will look at the same job description and say, oh, I can do 80% of it. I'm going to apply. And so right. I, I wasn't sure how that related to resumes, which is why, like, that's why I asked you that. And it was my, my assumption that then guys will exaggerate for the same study that they would apply, but the, that didn't correlate well, I guess. But the female side did correlate. And, and again, like, I don't focus on resumes. Like anybody that's worked with me has gone through my program. I encourage them if they really want their resume done like to go hire a resume writer right because mm -hmm. my program is not about resumes my program is more right. about the strategy but i think resumes it, it is important um this is why i wanted to have this conversation with you because regardless you need a resume right now everybody needs a resume so i kind of want to talk about you know we dive into resumes like what are some things that are some like like rule of thumb some things that you you just need to keep in mind to have a good resume for sure. So, um, and I just want to back up a little bit because to your point, and I, I think we're coming from a similar place is that resume, resumes are one piece of the puzzle. They're not everything to the job search. Um, they are important, but um, as you said, LinkedIn is important. Networking is important. Strategy is important. So, um, so I totally agree that uh, resumes aren't everything. Uh, so getting back to what we need in a resume, the most important part of resume preparation or writing is the before part. So a lot of people skip that before part, and you've probably seen this a lot in working with your clients is uh, and your students, is that they're not clear on what they're going after. And in order to have a good resume, you have to be clear on that part first. Um, you don't like get in a car and start driving without a destination without burning up a ton of fuel and energy, right? So we want to avoid that. We want to have uh, the most streamlined process possible, which starts with strong career clarity. So there's that part. Um, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I completely agree because they're not even just for your resume. That's for your overall career. Oh, I, for sure. I think, yeah. I think that is like, one of the biggest problems that I find college students make is that they have this shotgun approach of job searching where mm. they're just applying to every single company in which they meet the minimum qualifications for. Yep. And the reality is that you cannot be the ideal candidate for all companies. And right. so in order for you to stand out, you need to actually have a target list of companies and really understand what this target list of companies have in common. Well, you should actually, in my opinion, have for every time you apply a whole different version of your resumes have maybe a main resume and then tweak it based on what the particular company is and the more that you can customize that resume and show 
within your, that one page document, um, why, and I say one page, maybe you, uh, we can disagree on that too, but like, uh, as a college student, I don't think you need more than one page. Um, I agree. Yeah. And, and that how you understand why the company is trying to hire for this position, because there's a problem and how you can articulate based on your past experiences, how you can solve that problem and have that potential to solve that problem successfully. And if you can illustrate that, I think that's what, that's what matters. hundred um, percent. I think having a, tar- having a target list of companies is great, but most importantly is the role you need to know what role you're going after. And I would expect in most cases, if you have achieved career clarity, that you're, you're applying to the same type of role, regardless of the target company. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you have some, you have a little more homework to do and a little more, uh, exploration, uh, and working with a a coach or, or whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. And what about like, you know, so let's talk about that one page. Why do you feel strongly too, as well? as having one page a resume, especially for college students? I actually don't feel strongly about page lengths. I used to, um, but today I actually put out a video on resume, number of resume pages and length. Um, so, but generally speaking, I think a one page document is sufficient for college graduates, like recent grads and anyone with less than five years of work experience in their target uh, role. There's just, there's, you know, when you go beyond um, a page that early in your career, uh, it's you're probably going to be filling it with um, unnecessary, irrelevant information. So to your point, what you said earlier about um, showing that you can be the solution creator for your target employers, that's what your resume should be focused on. That that's that's the meat of the resume. Everything else is is background noise. Um, obviously you need to have your degree on there and all of, all of that kind of stuff, but, um, you should be able to fit everything into one page. If you're like a crazy overachieving, um, recent grad who held down a job while you're in university, did, um, leadership volunteering, all sorts of community involvement work while you were in university and have like some really key project highlights that relate to your target role, then we could be seeing ourselves moving into a two page document, but that's in a rare case. What do you think are some sections of the resume that every college student must have? So every college student must have an opening summary, brief opening summary. Um, They should also have uh, some skills that they've identified, uh, which will support keyword requirements. Uh, Then they should have their education noted down um, and they should uh, draw out any relevant project accomplishments that relate to their target direction that show that they've demonstrated uh, what the employers are looking for while in school. Um, And then that would be followed up with a work experience section. And that's where your internships would go or, or your actual work, real work, like I shouldn't say real, your actual paid work experience outside of internships. Um, and, and that's what I would expect to see. And then anything under that would be say volunteering. Um, if if you also have that. Hey, you made it to the middle of the episode. Let's take a break to tune in to how one of the mentees used insight from Daniel and the Master in College to Career Academy to help them take steps towards their dream job or internship. 
Hi, I'm Timothy Castaneda, and I just got my dream job offer for my future career. I actually start Monday, and that is all thanks to Daniel and the Mastering College to Career program. Um, I had been looking for a new career for the last five months. For the first four months of that college, of that career search, I had not been with Daniel or the Mastering College to Career program. I had been doing it myself, and I got to tell you, I had no success. I got... 10 no's from 10 different companies and at my lowest point I reached out to Daniel because I had seen stuff about him I had seen stuff about the Mastering College to Career program on LinkedIn and he actually got back to me that very same day and we had a 15 minute conversation that changed my life I decided to sign up for the program and I gotta tell you it was the best professional decision ever it led to me getting this job offer for three reasons the first I the course itself is so intuitive. It is step-by-step, step, literally everything you would need to make yourself the best candidate, not only for this career search, but anytime down in the future and make yourself the top candidate for any career that you dream in being. Daniel will help you get there. Two, you can actually have some one-on-one -on -one time with Daniel. He actually cares. He knew me by name. He remembered some of the things that we spoke about. He remembered the profession that I was looking at when I met up with him again. Um, and it really made me feel like he actually cared about my success. And that made me believe in myself after getting those 10 straight no's. And the third reason is the, the cost of the course itself, you are going to get a huge return on investment. It is literally less than the cost of a college credit. And you get a 30-day money-back guarantee that Daniel himself promises. And I can tell you within those 30 days of me signing up, I had had three job offers from four different companies two of which were in the top 10 list of what I was looking for. And that is, again, all thanks to Daniel and the Mastering College to Career course. Best decision of my life. Go look at the website. Reach out to Daniel LinkedIn. I promise you, you won't regret it. This student's testimony is just one of thousands who have landed a position in their dream career. So if you're interested in joining the Academy alongside these successful mentees, schedule a strategy call with Daniel today at www.masteringcollegetogareer.com forward slash strategy call. And now let's get back to the episode. So how important do you think is focusing on keywords so that a resume can get through the applicant tracking system? And I know, and I know we can dive into this more because uh, I think a lot of students don't know that when they submit right. their resume, it goes into a, a, a software called an app, ATS, an applicant tracking system. So maybe let's, we can back up and talk a little bit more yeah. about what's an applicant tracking system in your experience, who's using an applicant tracking system and what's the purpose of one? Right. So um, an applicant tracking system is uh, software that helps streamline the hiring uh, process. Uh, for recruiters uh, and anyone in talent acquisition and uh, those in, in a, a position of hiring. So an applicant tracking system is a tool and that is it. Um, it a lot of people give applicant tracking systems a lot more credit than they deserve. Um, like for example, you may hear frequently like well, you need to insert a bunch of keywords so that you can get past the applicant tracking system because their applicant tracking systems are rejecting resumes, and that simply is not true. Um, it's it's not even in a recruiter's best interest to allow the ATS to go wild and start rejecting resumes, even if it could. Uh, so recruiters are reading the resumes that come in. So I just want to to put minds at ease with that. So you're you're not getting rejected by a robot, for example. Um, 
So the applicant tracking system, how I like to picture it is like a project management software for hiring. It, it keeps the kind of workflow of hiring moving and it's a great place for like paper trail. Um, so grads don't need to worry so much about the applicant tracking system as they need to worry about the human reader. Their resumes need to appeal to the human reader and give the human reader what they need. Keywords are good if you have applied to a company and they're and you're in their uh, database and they want to search for you, um, so that you can be found by those keywords. Uh, but when you are applying with uh, and writing your resume or tailoring your resume, you need to do so while being mindful of the human reader first, um, and that means you need to give a lot of context to back up your skills. So how you've demonstrated using skills. Um, and to your point earlier point, how you have been a solution creator for the problems that your target employer ha employers have. Um, but I, I really want to, like with the kind of next generation of job seekers, I really want them to stop worrying so much about the applicant tracking system when they realize that it exists and worry more about appealing to the human reader. That was a lot. Because <laughs> I'm so passionate about about the ATS, the applicant tracking system. I'm so passionate about about debunking myths because there's so many out there. <laughs> well, do you think that, that that differs by the size of company too, right? Like if I, or like oh, you asked that too. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I would think a larger company would be using an applicant tracking system, but even like a you know a, a small shop might be using an applicant tracking system, but that doesn't really affects or that shouldn't impact your approach to actually applying for jobs. Um, it, there, you should just don't go into it worrying about the applicant tracking system, go into it thinking about how can I properly, quickly uh, communicate in a compelling way the, the skills and strengths that I can bring to the table. So you mentioned focus more on like the recruiter or the human that's going to be looking at your resume, but right. A lot of times when they are looking at hundreds of resumes, they're only glancing it for seven to 10 seconds. So yep. what is your advice to getting through the recruiter check? So seven to 10 seconds in some, in the world of someone who doesn't read resumes every single day is very different than seven to 10 seconds in the world of someone who does read resumes every single day. So the, a recruiter is very skillfully reviewing resumes and getting a very good, a very good um, comprehensive feel for where someone could possibly fit in an organization, if at all, um, within that seven to 10 seconds or even six seconds. Um, so in terms of getting past that six seconds or passing the six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 second test, um, we really want to make sure that we are leading with results results that we've created, whether it be through internships, um, whether it be through projects, um, we want to go with accomplishment statements or lean on accomplishment, accomplishment statements that really highlight that we are qualified to do the job that they're hiring for. That is our primary concern. Um, and we do that through very clear, concise uh, uh, writing. So, um, and we need, to, we really need to be specific when we're giving context, like, um, for example, 
let's say it's a, a project, like a, a key project that you did like in fourth year or something. And it's, and it's, you could say something to the effect of um, created a, um, let's say database that enabled whatever business solution, whether it be imaginary or real um, business solution, uh, which was forecasted to provide blah, 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 blah benefit. So we're, we're putting it in the context, in the language of the reader. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to keep revisiting what you said earlier. It's all about bringing it back to the solution creation. Absolutely. I think that's so interesting. What do you see are some of the biggest mistakes people make on their resume? The biggest mistakes. So um, the biggest mistakes usually start from a like a focus on keywords or being overly focused on keywords so um i see keyword jamming where people just stuff a bunch of keywords into their resumes thinking that that will help them get past the robots that don't actually exist um i've seen the white font trick have you heard of that one is where that where you copy and paste the job description or keywords or whatever put it in teeny tiny white font and think that uh, the system, you'll be able to game the system to get <laughs> through. Yeah. So I've seen that. Um, so the, that's, those are like the biggest, most egregious, uh, issues that I see with resumes. Um, I see people stressing too much about the page length. So, uh, jamming, like just having so much information, say in one page, if you have to use two pages, go for it. Just commit to using the full two pages, even if you are a new, a new grad. Um, but I would presume that you, you are a very busy, uh, new grad or you're very busy in university. Um, so yeah, jamming, just jam pack content. Um, not considering the human reader, uh, and not uh, writing accomplishment statements. So a lot of responsible for provided this um, and very passive language where you're not really helping the reader understand the solutions that you can bring to the table. I, I wanna ask you about, um, you know, I've always been like taught about like having two types of resumes um, for my mm -hmm. students. One is a applicant tracking, uh, uh, ATS friendly, meaning like your typical formatted, like, you know, black and white. Let's not get too fancy on the font or the colors. And a second one that it's more eye friendly. Um, you can, there's tons of templates on canva.com that you can make it look a little bit nicer on um, things like that. Like, what are your thoughts on that philosophy? Should you have two resumes? Are you okay with just having one and, and anything like that? When would you be using the uh, as you call it, more eye appealing resume in what situations? So for me, I, I, I am a big believer in not applying online and just letting it go. I, I think that networking is the key and really accessing the hidden job market. And so anytime that if I find a decision maker or a recruiter, really, I really have them focus more on the decision maker, like the hiring manager mm -hmm. versus a recruiter. Mm -hmm. If they're find them on LinkedIn, to use those types of resumes, right? Like to, or, or if you find their email or you get a, or, or you have a referral, an internal referral, like a friend works at a company and they're going to email your resume to HR to be a, 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 
a more appealing resume that's easier to scan so that it's easier to read versus, you know, the black and white where you try to put everything in one page font, like uh, 9.4 something like that. Uh, <laughs> well, I definitely don't recommend that, but, um, uh, so more, it sounds like a networking resume. Yeah, like a networking, yeah. right? Like it's a, right. versus a networking versus applying online where right. it's for okay. sure going to go through the applicant tracking system. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I'm okay with using those kind of fancier resumes only when it is networking, preferably, and this would not be happening now, preferably when you're actually printing it off and giving it to someone. That's when I'm, that's kind of like the only instance that I'm okay with that kind of the, the templates that you would find on Canva or what have you. Um, I don't think you need it. Um, and I'm cool with the kind of going to the decision makers and all that. But what I think works best is if you go to them after you say, well, you're talking about the hidden job market, but, um, but you go to them after you've applied to a job that it is posted. So they put um, their application forward. Sorry. So they would put their out. So then they can pull their application forward from the, like they can go on the system and pull it forward. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, um, Hey, uh, Mr. VP marketing, I've already applied to, um, your kind of digital marketing specialist role. And, uh, I just wanted to let you know, and here's my fancy resume, which actually demonstrates my graphic design capabilities as well. Um, so yeah, they, because in a lot of cases, these decision makers, even though they are decision makers, they're probably going to send you back over to apply to an, an actual job Yeah, right. Uh -huh. to get in the system. Um, so yeah. Makes sense. So time flies and we're almost at, almost at 30 minutes. So oh, wow. I, I kind of want to ask you like a speed round of like quick answers on resume things. Yeah. So like, for example, what's the lowest font somebody should use on a resume? 10. Smallest font, 10. Okay. Um, is there a margin rule? Uh, my guideline is, sorry, this is going to be Canadian, 1.5 centimeters all the way around, which I think is like 0.4 inches or something like that. Um, can be, can be thicker, but we don't want, we don't want super, super fat resumes. And we don't want like skinny legend resumes, you know, or skinny legend margins or fat margins, I should say. Should you add a picture on your resume? No, not in North America. No <laughs> address on the resume. Full address. No, um, city and state is it enough or, uh, Metro and state. I think those are my quick questions. Okay. Is, is there any question you wish I would have asked you about resumes? <sighs> I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of ground. All right. So I know that we've just talked about resumes, but I know you like talking about cover letters as well. And I know <laughs> that you have a free cover letter uh, guide. And so I'm actually going to put a link to that on the show notes Thank so that you. if you wanted to, um, if you enjoyed our conversation about resumes and you want to learn about cover letters, then you can go to our page and download the guide. Um, and I also know that you are super big on YouTube and you love putting your, you, you have videos every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Um, yep. Is that Eastern Standard Time? It is Eastern Standard Time. And then and so I also go I'll live. I'll put a link there. Okay, great. Yeah. I also go live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Awesome. So I'll put a link to your YouTube channel uh, as thank well you. as your cover letter guide. Um, thank you so much 
for coming to our the, the show, talking to us about resumes, teaching us, even teaching me things about resumes because I, I know resumes are important. I'm not the biggest fans of resumes. So I thought what better person to have you come and share the truth about resumes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I really and appreciate it. And for everybody else, thank you so much and catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. In an age of short attention spans, this speaks volumes about you. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.